You can do it. Yes, you can. I'm brief through it. Help me understand your trouble, your struggle. I'll build you up. I'm brief through it. You're my buttercup. You're listening to You Can Do It with Brie Pruitt, the weekly pep talk podcast for all the things we struggle with. I am your host, Brie Pruitt, coming to you live from the studio in Glendale, California. That's the traditional lands of the Tongva, Tatapiam, and Chumash people. I'm sending all my energy to you, good and gentle listeners. Oh, good and gentle listeners. I hold you in my heart. You make me smile. Welcome to the podcast. Come on in. Come on in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Have a seat, you know, stretch out on this actual hammock that is macrame and beautiful and sturdy. It's uh, suspended between two 100-year-old oak trees. You got oak trees in here? Yeah. They're 100 years old and they have your great-grandparents' initials carved into them with a big heart around them. So pretty important oak trees and you can suspend between them on a hammock pretty nice uh it's a different hammock it's not the hair hammock from last week it's a macrame hammock it's nice i recorded these both in the same day uh hi welcome to the episode we've got a great episode for you thank you for joining me i love being in community with you listeners this week we are talking to danielle putterbaugh a fixture of the la scene formerly of the chicago comedy scene the <laughs> very, you know, famous L.A. Uh, Chicago comedy scene. L.A. comedy scene. Who's ever heard of an L.A. comedy? Chicago. That's where the comedy comes from. And that's where Danielle also comes from. Um, she works frequently with her sister. They are known as the Potterbaugh sisters, but so, so funny. And I was so glad to have uh, Danielle join me to talk about reopening, anxiety, and just all kinds of stuff. We really kind of had more of a free-form conversation, which I love because I love uh, sitting down with incredible women who have so much to say, have so many amazing experiences. Um, we really go through damn near everything, especially a lot of stuff that has to do with our industry. So if you're not sick of hearing about comedy <laughs> with all the comedians that I have on this, uh, buckle up because there's a little bit more and a lot more about um, approaching an industry as a woman. And I'm sure that resonates with all humans who have to deal with gender in the workplace out there. Thank you for listening. Oh, and please to stay to the end to listen to what may be the most beautiful Zoom rendition of end of the road it's danielle is a you know she's a musician so she has this like um you know she's this call and response quality when we're singing um it's like it's so nat it's so nat you belong you belong to me <laughs> very beautiful very beautiful zoom uh art happening so what is happening uh elsewise in the world oh i want to apologize though sound quality for the zach toscani episode my ac was running through the whole at welcome to the summer in la podcasting season everybody if you're a podcast enthusiast you're gonna start hearing those ac units switch on i'm gonna do my best in the future to cool my apartment turn the ac off and then conduct a professional interview apologies on that uh i am doing comedy in the future I'm, I'm in the past right now speaking to you, but I am going to be in the future. <laughs> we all are. We can't fight it. And Doug Loves Movies is the thing I am doing at the Brea Improv on 6-9. You can be there. You could. 
<laughs> you could they, something could happen. You could be there, and uh, I hope you will join us. I'm sure it'll be very fun. Doug is um, a delightful, a delightful man, and uh, so you could be there. Be square. All kinds of things reopening, and if it's given you too much anxiety, you you tell these people to you tell me to fuck off. Say, pre you are not driving dragging me out of my home to watch you and <laughs> some some potheads talk about movies. I've been to college. I know I've seen potheads talk about movies. Well, we've we are professional potheads talking about movies. But that is totally fine. Everyone at their own space. I am holding you all in my hearts because this is not easy. We were hypervigilant, fearful, um, not always fearful, but certainly cautious, thoughtful, very thoughtful, hyper thoughtful, researching like we were in college, like we're graduate fucking students. I didn't go to grad school. I'm not a scientist. I'm just some I'm just some guy with a microphone and here I was reading reading you know well-researched medical journals <laughs> stupid so this is a cause to be gentle with ourselves if you need to take more time take more time if you need to take less time take less time it's Gemini season go with your gut get vaccinated and take care you know just listen to Fouch but you know do what you need to do. I don't know what to tell people these days. Don't listen to me either. <laughs> I'm going to start with a pep talk that has to do with reopening anxiety because um, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what my clothes are. Uh, I think I, I I do mention it when I talk to Danny. And by the way, Danny and I, uh, Danielle and I's conversation was early early May. So if things have changed, uh, you'll you'll understand why. But I'm having a a real time getting dressed to leave to leave the house specifically through the pando. I have been a, you know, really just wearing what is in my heart, which is to say, you know, fat goth witch shit. Uh, almost every day I wear black leggings and some sort of black crop top, whether it be like I have a lot of weird black slutty um, club tops. <laughs> just have some like, you know, Forever 21 crop tops. I don't know how I became this person. <clears throat> And then I have a lot of sets. I have a lot of weird sets. She has a lot of weird sets. S-E-T-S. Wink. And uh, those those are like tie-dye joggers with a matching top, you know, stuff like that. In general, I think I feel the most comfortable when I've got a little bit of skin out. And that is a probably a holdover from when I was a very young person and felt like I needed to cover every square inch of my skin because I was a fat monster. But nowadays I feel like, I feel like, oh, I want to bring some of this skin out, reclaim, reclaim my time. <laughs> as, as they say, uh, no one's ever said that about wear, wearing slutty clothes in adulthood. But I do feel that I am reclaiming my time. Um, and it makes me feel a way to wear those clothes out of the house because it makes eyeballs go onto my body. And I have, that makes you feel unsafe sometimes, especially when it's male eyeballs on my women body, my woman's body. And that is, you know, it is right. Um, it is reasonable, not right. It is reasonable for me to be, to feel fear when men look at me. <laughs> because of a history of it because of rape culture 
and because of surviving attacks before. Um, not in that scenario for me personally, but it certainly could happen. Ugh, let's not entertain that. But I am, my pep talk is for me to attempt to release the stories that come to mind when I have eyeballs on me in public so that I can be free to wear what I like. An example, if you please, um, I was wearing an outfit out on the street. I'm trying to think of what I was wearing now. I believe it was something very, it was a, it was one of my patented, you know, black pant or legging and black crop top is, I believe what I was wearing. A Reb Dolls set, by the way. Reb Dolls is a very good plus size clothing manufacturer. And I passed by, uh, I was walking down, I believe, Brand in downtown Glendale. I passed by a hot dad with his two kids, very small children, like two kids under three. I'm like, oh, okay, hot dad, you can look. And then I also pa- passed by a big truck, a moving truck on, on, the, on my right, dad on the left, truck on the right. Truck, dudes in trucks famously love to look at women. <laughs> especially when dudes are together it's I feel that it is a bit of a performance uh look at how straight I am I'm really looking at that woman did you see that woman let me let me direct you to how straight I am by pointing out how hot a woman is so that's what I believe the men are doing so I'm fearful of men in groups right because I know that they're performing masculinity for each other and so Part of masculinity is misogyny, unfortunately. You know, you don't have to do miso- masculinity like that. But I've seen it happen. So I, I know what to prepare. So I, I start creating this story. I'm like, okay, these motherfuckers in the truck are going to yell something. And then I'm going to want to yell something back. It's just who I am. Here I am talking into a microphone. I am a, a, a back clapper. Back, I, I clap back, you know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in their face a little bit. But they're the, these two little babies and this hot dad. Hot dad, I don't mean yell. I don't. I'm not mad about yelling in front of hot dad. Hot dad would probably think that was pretty cool. The two little kiddos, though, mm, they're not gonna be. They're gonna be scared. They're gonna be scared. Yelling is scary. If you're under three, yelling is scary. If those are twelve year old girls, I yell. If hot dad has grown girls with him, poof, I yell, and then they tell that story for the rest of their lives. <laughs> on their graduation day, you know, they say, this is for that fat goth aunt who yelled at the man in the van in Glendale. You are a hero. Standing ovation. That's her valedictorian speech. Yes. So going back to the story, I decided I was not going to yell back. I would just be dignified. I would just stomp past the men. And here's the thing. No one yelled. <laughs> no one yelled anything at my body. I was unpoliced, unbothered, and I kept on my masked errand run. And that is a pep talk about how I, because now that I'm having so much trouble getting dressed to leave the house, I got to release some of these stories, right? I can't, I can't engage in stories like that. So they yell. If I feel, you know, if I feel fear, you know, it's just going to be have to some, it's going to have to be something I deal with in that moment because I can't live these stories in my head because it makes me as, you know, stressed and traumatized as it would be if it actually happened, right? So just the fear of the scenario and me living through the very visceral experience of what if they yelled 
is also damaging. And let's minimize the damage. Let's do some damage control. So it's not like I'm not afraid of these things happening. It's just like, let's not invite that fear in. It's reasonable to be afraid. But you don't need to hold space for that fear if it's not really there. And if it comes, we can just notice it and release it. And it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's that it's that thing of preparing for a fight that I think that's the fight or flight, right? It's like when you you square off and you're like, I wish you would. <laughs> and that's probably some old anger that I that I have somewhere that is uh, probably ready to be released in some way. But I don't know. Just got to wait. So we, you know, not putting all of this energy onto my clothes is like a little bit too much. You know, it's just a body. And there's this other piece of being, you know, I'm a big fat girl. (laughs) I'm not a big fat girl. I'm a big woman. You know, I've got a larger body. I wear clothes that are not typically um, associated with that body. And fashion, if I may use a word, (laughs) is about being looked at. Right? Kind of. I've been thinking it's is what I I'm not sure if a if a tree falls in the woods you know if a Gautier runway happens and no one is there to see it does it pop I don't know (laughs) yeah so so obviously this is in progress for me I'm gonna keep kicking it around lots to learn about my own fashion why do I mostly dress like a goth witch we don't know. We don't know. More more work is needed. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep you all posted on my journey. Um, if you see me walking around looking like I just came from industrial night at the Echoplex <laughs> at the farmers market, <laughs> just you know, tell me I look great. Thank you. That's the pep talk. Quick rant. Uh, the rant is a bit of a mystery, everyone. Um, I'm going to share a mystery that I encountered here in L.A. that is just, I I just cannot release. And for context, um, some of you might, I've talked about it before, but Echo Park Lake is a, you know, beautiful um, L.A. mainstay in in the Echo Park area. It's this beautiful man-made lake with a, you know, this hilarious water feature in the middle. And they've got all these, you know, lotus lily pads and duckies and fishies in there. And people fish. And it's been so beautiful. A lot of homeless folks live there and had like a lovely community, especially during the pandemic, um, because they weren't hassled all the time by the cops. Well, toward the end of the pandemic, a disgusting city council person named Mitch O'Farrell, Boo, we hate him. He decided to literally, literally fence off the entire park under the guise of, oh, we're doing a park improvement project. Rounds up all of the homeless folks, all of the unhoused community there, 
and s- destroys all of their community property. Like they had kind of like a little kitchen going. They had kind of community spaces like a store and stuff like that. Again, not taking over the park, like just using part of the park to live because they have no homes because this city is so rough on poor people and there isn't enough housing for everybody. So they are, you know, the the city council person claims that they were offered housing, but the housing was not satisfactory. It was like, okay, two weeks in a hotel and you can't bring any of your shit. If you had all of your belongings and it was like, do you want to stay with all of your belongings on earth or do you want to go stay in a shitty hotel for two weeks? I would take my belongings and find another place to live, which it makes sense that most of those people uh, made that choice. So... Fuck you, Mitch O'Farrell, for displacing all those people. The park is still... Oh, and also he he turned riot police on the people who are standing with that community in Echo Park Lake. Totally fucked. Um, and I drove by the police um, that were staging to go break up that protest. Because um, I, was, I was like, should I go down to that protest? Wasn't vaccinated yet, but was considering that. And fucking... Um, I saw the amount of police and I was like, this doesn't seem safe. It seems like this is going to be a police escalation. And it fucking was. Um, it was it's it's all extremely messed up. If you are outside of L.A. thinking, man, that city seems like a hellhole. You know what? There are some real big problems here. There really are. And it's not what you think. <laughs> it is not like homeless people. It is for sure the city mismanaging a lot of different problems that were created by the city and are very old. Um, I really stand with all people working with unhoused communities. So all this to say, (laughs) shit, that was a lot of context. This lake, um, this park is all fenced off. You cannot get in or out. They've got security. Um, it's, it's pretty bizarre. It's pretty Orwellian. And, uh, me and my partner were driving around Los Angeles last weekend and again, I'm I'm in the past now, so this is a couple of weekends ago. So the park may be free now, but um, we were driving around, checking it out, seeing how the city is reopening. We're driving through Echo Park. I'm like, let me take a let me take a little uh, pass by the old lake here. And I'm like, man, I can't believe it's still fenced off. This is so crazy. Okay, by okay, I don't. I'm not gonna be so. It's like the the northern side of Echo Park Lake. So I'm coming, driving up the two, <laughs> you guys, and there's a van, okay? It's an older, like, passenger van, not a work van, like a passenger van, like a blue, you know, Honda-type van. The back hatch is open, and there's two men, uh, and it's pulled over on the side of the road, you you, you know, uh, the hazard's on, and there's, like, a a crate that looks like a, a recycling crate or like a mail crate size you know and it's got a lid on it and there's two men one of the men is like you know opening the crate the other man is reaching into the crate you know this is as we're driving by and we see the men reaching into the crate he pulls out a what I thought was a duck okay and then we're like is it a goose is it a duck it's a white 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 duck or a goose and then the man holding the holding the duck or goose walks to the chain link fence that is protecting the lake, holds the goose over the fence, 
presumably to throw it in, to release it into the park. And we drive by and we never see them again. And my rant today is what the fuck was going on there? What the fuck was going on there? What were they doing with that duck or goose? Um, I did a little research before this. I I think I'm coming down on the side of of duck. Um, It did not have a long neck. It was more of a duck shape, um, but it was white. I don't remember if I've ever seen a white duck in Echo Park Lake before. There are a lot of birds and ducks in that um, area. In the times that I've spent there before it got, you know, uh, turned into a freaking concentration camp. Um, It was this, you know, lush place where a lot of birds were. What the fuck were those guys doing? Why were they putting it? I get why you'd steal a duck. Especially from an encamp, you know, enclosed off encampment, you you steal a duck because you want a, a duck pet, or you want to eat a duck potentially, or uh, you want to, you want a duck friend. I truly don't know. I have a few theories. Um, one of the theories is that they were duck veterinarians. They were they kidnapped the duck from the park, did it gave it a, a checkup in their blue you know, passenger van. They've got all their equipment in there. Van life. Hashtag van life. <laughs> hashtag vet life. And then they released the duck back into the wild. I don't know how they got it out of there. Oh, man, I just thought of another. I just thought of another theory. I got more theories, but I just thought of a new one. What if the duck escaped and they were just like returning the duck? What if one of them is a duck psychic, some sort of pet psychic, and knew that the duck wanted to return to the lake? Maybe it was displaced with with the with the unhoused community okay so my other theory was that they are brothers and that their mother was going to cook the duck and they are were like you know they're pita brothers they're vegans and they wanted to liberate the duck and bring it back to and they were like what should we do with the duck you know they were hiding it it was like a sitcom it was like malcolm in the middle where they were like hiding the duck in their room for a long time that sounds like a Dewey heavy storyline of Malcolm in the Middle. Dewey steals a duck that dad was going to make for dinner because ducks are so, duck l'orange is so expensive. And then, um, you know, Breaking Bad dad. <laughs> then um, And then Dewey feeds it in his room. But then they have, you know, then the jig is up and they got to bring the duck somewhere and put it back in the wild. So that might have been what's happening with those Echo Park Lake ducks. I, or they could have got, bought a, it could have been a quarantine pet. They could have bought a duck as a quarantine pet and then come, you know, come May, they said, I can't, I can't take care of a duck anymore. And they let it back into the wild. Oh, mysteries. I'm so frustrated. I will never know. And that's the rant. Oh boy. Oof. If any, if any of you have information on the Echo Park Lake duck heist, uh, please let me know. I am up at night. I'm up every night. I am... You know, I'm posting to Citizen, <laughs> posting to the Citizen app, posting to Nextdoor. I'm gonna, I'm about to hang up flyers. Have you seen these brothers and their duck? That's the rant. Um, gonna do a little. Oh, this is running long. Gonna do a quick tarot. Twi- I always pull a tarot card for my good and gentle listeners, and the card this week is no different. I pull a card for you, my good and gentle listeners, and the card was the Eight 
of pentacles. The deck I use says discs instead of pentacles because pentacles are so satanic and scary. No, they're not. They just mean the earth. And in this context, the eight of pentacles, it's a it's a photo uh, in both the Rachel True deck that I use and uh, the traditional Rider Weight Tarot deck. It's usually a person sitting on a, a bench and they're like working on something and you can see around them all of their work. And this is kind of a grind card. It's kind of like, ooh, work hard, sweat, do stuff. Um, what I will point out, if this is a theme in your life, the other side of grind and sweat and ugh, is craftsmanship, is artisanality. Artisanality? Hmm, possibly a word. Ooh, I created them with my craft. <laughs> I created the word with my craftsmanship. Yes, it is um, using your skills, talent, tools to make something um, beautiful. Make something exactly the way you want it. Make something that you visualize come into creation, to come into material form. Kind of beautiful, kind of holy. And that's on the other side of grind. I'll tell you what, I was pretty tired before I started recording this. And now I feel so jazzed that I made it, that I shared my story of the Echo Park Lake Ducks, that I gave myself a little pep talk about wearing slutty clothes. It's all okay. See, work isn't so bad. <laughs> work doesn't have to be about capitalism, right? Work can be about bringing something into material form, and I hope that you take that with you. That's tarot. Astrology is also happening. You know, this is not an astrology podcast. We don't just talk about astrology in this space. I don't have the qualifications, but I do know that Mercury is retrograde. Gemini season is upon us. So, honey, take it easy. Take it easy on yourselves. Have fun out there. Don't do anything too important. I think that's the message of Mercury retrograde and Gemini season at the same time. Gemini, Gemini is about fun. Mercury retrograde is about fucking shit going wrong <laughs> so that sounds that sounds messy that sounds like uh, a road trip movie right that sounds like the girls trip uh vacation movie that sounds like going to mexico and losing your passport that sounds like everything fun and wrong it sounds like going clubbing and losing your phone and walking home on your heels have fun and take care everyone uh enjoy this conversation with me and danielle and i will be back not live, but closer to live than I normally am uh, coming to you from this dispatch from the past. Uh, thank you for being in community with me, everyone. Enjoy this conversation with Danielle Potterbaugh. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm joined by my guest, Danielle Potterbaugh. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Uh, you are a very hilarious L.A. comedian. And previously you were from what uh, U.S. state? The U.S. state, or the U.S. state of Chicago, <laughs> the U.S. city of Chicago. Okay. I claim, yeah, I claim Chicago. My family's from there originally off the Italian boat. I was born in Ohio, but I don't really oh. like, I don't, I don't really claim Ohio anymore, you know. <laughs> claim, claim Chicago, you know, a shimmering city of comedy on the hill, you know. It is a shimmer. It's quite the shimmer. Quite the shimmer. I love it. What a, what a star. Uh, and you perform with your sibling. And mm -hmm. also you had a fantastic um, long time running show in Los Angeles with uh, Beth Stelling. Tell us about all yeah. of your all of your conquests. Where can me and my listeners show up for you? Ah, the conquest. Um, well, let's say the show I, I it it 
it will not die and it hasn't because Akbar, where we do it at, is alive, going saved, to be alive and well. right? Yeah. Yeah, the gays saved Akbar. Um, <laughs> they, uh, the, there was a GoFundMe and it like, you know, went soaring with, with flying colors because I don't think anybody wants to be in LA without Akbar. And a mainstay. Yeah. Um, so Entertaining Julia was a show that we ran, my sister and I and Beth us in Chicago and it and Beth moved and then Tiff and I kept it going so we did that for eight years eight years Mm -hmm. of of Sundays that's a lot of a lot of hangover Sundays in Chicago um weekly and then when we moved out here we did it we started it at Akbar and uh well this year's a wash but yeah it was about two years in LA amazing we're gonna we're going to come back. We're going to come back, baby, because because uh, we're all going to we're all going to cry if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely coming back. Um, as I've said many times before on this podcast, I believe that live performance is indomitable. You know, we will be back and entertaining Julia, a mainstay of the L.A. comedy scene and Akbar kind of a mainstay of the entire city. So I I am glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you um, inviting everybody to follow that show and return to it. What are the, Aww. what are these social handles? Oh, of Akbar? Um, or entertaining or Julia or do we just follow you <laughs> for more info? Oh, you can just, we, I, I, geez, when we started it, it was like barely even Facebook. So no, I never, <laughs> I never made a Instagram page for it. Um, entertaining Julia is the show and, uh, my handle is at Putterball Danny and Tiff's, my sister, is at Putterball Tiff. And um, yeah, those are the handles. You you can catch us on the handles. <laughs> catch us on the handles for more info. And then when you make your glorious return, we'll be we'll have all the info right there. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I guess I ever have to plug during this shit storm is um we did we worked on a web series that's yes. on that's on youtube we made it about um housewives being trapped in their kitchen called kitchen women and then the world blew up where everybody was actually trapped in their house and we i uh, i don't know we're i guess we're witches but we did make that right before and then like released it like right as the you know we did a screening like in february and then right. um the world went to shit so it's very it's a dark piece, but it's uh, it ta- it's got a taste of I think what everybody needs, which is some dark humor. Absolutely, so and if memory serves, the kitchen women cope were coping with um, drugs and alcohol in the way that many of us coped with the pandemic. So I find that also very um, prescient, you know. Oh yeah, we did it. Where the end of each episode, we did another substance. So like the first one, we would like we were waste. I mean, we were waste. you know, we're like these housewives were drunk throughout, but like, yeah, we like one was about like, Oh, and then we took uppers and at the end, and then we took like, you know, we took, we like referenced Coke at the end, but yeah, it's a little, that's the only other thing, I guess you could find, you could watch if you are not very sick of watching everything. Oh, I don't think anyone's sick. I'm not sick of watching everything. I love it. Keep, keep it coming. <laughs> um, 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 um. Um, and I love, I, I, yeah, everybody should check out Kitchen Women. Um, I also love 
like kind of vintage drug references are so funny to me when like uppers mm. or like goofballs or whatever are so funny oh, to me. I know. That's what it always like. That was what we had these characters that we, back in the day when we were just doing sketch, like sketch characters, we wrote about very much based off of like my Midwest upbringing of like, um, everything's fine. What do you yeah. mean? There's nothing wrong. Uh, what is, of course, everything's fine. Meanwhile, crying in the bedroom, you know, like that whole thing. But yeah, the idea of like, just like the idea of, of that much, like, um, actual speed being in diet pills of like the fifties yeah. and sixties, like, no wonder these girls were drunk. They were like taking they were dexedrine and all of those that was like legitimate speed in those diet pills and, and then they had to take like barbiturates that were like also very serious actual drugs like all that stuff is very interesting to me too because the world was actually giving everybody drugs the government yeah and and they just didn't call it crack when it was for the housewives um you know it was a different mm -hmm. situation I was yeah, no wonder thinking... all those kitchens were really clean, you know? <laughs> uh, um, they, mom, mom's helper, mom's little helper. Um, mm -hmm. the, the other uh, diet, I mean, you could you could redo Kitchen Women set in the 80s because there was a similar diet bill situation happening at that time. And oh, yeah, um, yeah. would just be like leg warmers too. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought it, I've definitely thought about it and we've, we've Sweet. wanted to carry, carry that on because the like kitchen women, these, you know, throughout, they like find out that they're, they're very sad. They find out that their husbands are actually gay <laughs> and then like they eventually leave the kitchen and then it just ends with them like escaping and, and leaving the kitchen. And so I definitely, if, uh, if we continue, you know, when I find my, when I find my, um, <laughs> when we all can return to whatever happens yeah. the 80s makes me laugh and yeah. I would just want to put those ladies in shoulder pads Ooh, there's nothing man. funnier than bus business women in the 80s with with the shoulder pads and the um very blousy clothes <laughs> I have no doubt that y'all would costume the shit out of that out of the 80s sequel to kit I would I would the set dressing would be delicious Ah, well, yes, we did use all of our own costumes, all of our own everything. It was a uh, whatever the shoot thrifting enthusiasts or have you ever had like jobs in that in thrifting or anything like that? Oh, well, Tiff's a costume designer. Oh, she Tiff, is. Tiff, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tiff is a seamstress and makes all makes she my mom and yes. my grandma taught us both how to sew and then she ran with it so she's a costume designer so she can make whatever um she can whip it all up but we have always been yeah thrifting garage sale um I mean I started thrifting when I was like when it wasn't cool and like you know sixth grade seventh grade and the Ohio thrift stores when I was like in sixth grade I mean that's when like grandmas were cleaning out their Ooh. attics but the thrifting here also like I've the garage sales and the estate sales in LA, like we're talking old money. We're Ooh. talking old, old, old people cleaning out their closets too. It's uh real good. That sounds good. I've been, I've looked on like offer up and stuff and that's not as good because people are um, desperate to make rent here, oh, I think, but yeah, people going are loony on that. Oh yeah. Sometimes. But going straight to the estate sale is that makes a lot of sense because those people don't list their shit on OfferUp. 
obviously, because they're mm-hmm. old, very old. Um, well, I love it. And I everyone should go check out Kitchen Women and stay abreast of season two or or whatever the future comes and stay abreast of details about entertaining Julia because live performance, it's coming back, baby. Um, and now I have to ask the question, Danielle, that I ask all my guests, how can I build you up, Buttercup? Mm, why do you build me up? Hey, um, how can you build me up? You, I can just talk about how beautiful you look because you look so cute. (laughs) Hey, I'll take that. You said it's, I thought I knew that you were Italian. And then I was like, am I just assuming she's Italian because of you've got such a beautiful Mediterranean tan right now. And oh girl, thank you. I don't know if that's I do. always there. I, Are Italian. Oh. This isn't an Italian horn. Um, I thank you. I am. Yeah. I'm half. I'm half yeah. Italian. And I appreciate the the uh it's very funny, even you doing that right now. It's so funny that like I'm such a comic in the way of uh, when somebody gives me physical compliments, my first reaction is to just deflect and make a joke. So I'm accepting it. Thank you. <laughs> Receive this. Yeah, it's so important. Thank you. I am receiving. I am receiving. Good. Uh, good, good. Let me think about, let me just think one sec because I am going to okay. answer you honestly. Okay. Then also okay. let me take this time to say I like your middle part. And I oh, also gosh. wish, I think a middle part, um, it, I also have like a light wave and I feel like I look like, um, like a, to use an Italian word, a strega when my hair is like all curly. Oh, and yes. I look witchy <laughs> too witchy. And now Girl, I've got to embrace that. You, I know. Right? You got to embrace the witch, you, the yeah. witch. They are all attractive, you know, yeah. all these women, even like the, um, you know, even like old depictions of, of witches, they just look like hipsters. <laughs> Uh, okay. I will I'll okay. answer you honestly, because okay. this phase of the reopening, what the fuck, um, is giving me anxiety yeah. and I am wondering how the fuck we will ever, I will get back to any of the things. Um, so this phase about, um, I don't want to enter it already feeling like defeated I don't want to enter it Mm. already being like well I don't know how the fuck uh, uh, when I'm in LA so all these people already the famous people are already going to be the ones on rooftops telling jokes and do I have to go tell jokes in in a pile of gravel (laughs) (laughs) and it's all a lot and it's all very way too much time to think about it all and um as I was explaining my uh I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, I'm sure we're all tired of the zooms and it's not the same thing. And all of us are like going to be so, if we thought comics were thirsty before, I'm like, honestly interested to see what this next, how creative people are going to get. But you as also in the same sort of boat as me, um, the buildup I would like is, I would like to not, I I don't want to come into this uh, being cynical, you know, I want to be able to be positive and, uh, and also know that like, there is reality to all of this. So I know that like, you know, there is going to be phases and all of that, but, um, yeah, 
Does that the question? Yeah, it was it was great. It all makes sense. Um, I also <laughs> when you said pile of gravel, I was like, oh yeah, what show is gonna be like? Come on down to the gravel pit. <laughs> like that. Oh can't gosh. you just see it on the top of a flyer? Oh sure. Like I mean, it's really funny because the goal was never outside, and I've done so many like so many outdoor shows not that have not gone well. Right. And so many like outdoor fest and oh just put uh put some comics in between bands changing over like i mean chicago time and time again like take up take a lot of punk bands and then i know put comics in between them and it's like nope 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 don't do that don't do that and like outdoor you know uh i got a real good idea there's a magician but then there's also um there's going to be a burlesque person and then you guys host it all and there you're you're at a a (laughs) You're at a petting zoo, like all right. of these situations we've done and they haven't worked. And so now I'm like, even the tippy top of like the most famous people in LA are like, oh, good. I get, I get to tell jokes outside in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, I mean, I, I don't want to feel like I have to go to the gravel. I'm like, well, if the famous people are going to be on a rooftop, do I have to be in the gravel? Yeah. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. So you're in the gravel there on the rooftop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm hearing, you know, this, the pecking order in this city is like without a pandemic is like cause for a lot of anxiety anyway. And I, sure. I'm like, you know, cause when you say on the rooftop and I'm in the gravel, it makes me think of like, when the headliner is like, I'm going to go first because I want to go, I want to go home to, Mm -hmm. you know, the Hills and I'm the nobody who maybe either was going to go first or like I was going to go, but then I get bumped or, or whatever. I love going first actually. And, um, comics a lot of times put me first because they don't know who I am. Um, but I like to knock their socks off going first and that's sort of my revenge. Um, but yeah, anyway, just thinking about sort of sort of the privileges that that headlining comedians get and all the like comedy club privileges that many, many comics have to like grind at in this city um, that I don't really participate in those structures. But sure. yeah, I know that there's yeah. pecking. Yeah. And also it's not only just it's like, I mean, you know, being in a, another being from Portland, um, Portland and Chicago are, are very different comedy cities. They're like, you know, you, you have years and years of doing shows just because people know you and that's all you don't have to like ask and all of that. You don't have to send tapes or whatever. And when, uh, it's also like, Oh, there's no way to even how many times throughout this pandemic, you're like, I just want to unwind and just not think about anything and watch something. And you're like, there's all my friends on TV. (laughs) I mean, it's real, you know, yeah. and I don't, and of course, like, I'm so happy for the success and of, of my legitimate friends, friends like now, yeah. you know, all of it is amazing. I just, what I um, want to, I want to be able to feel like, oh, that, that can happen for me. I will be able to tell jokes to people again and to just know that that is coming um, would make me feel a, a little better. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me just 
I let me okay before I get into the official pep talk let me just say like spiritually my belief is that humans will never stop live performance don't you think it's just yeah. it's as natural as any kind of damn life I mean the bible you know you had Moses and he was talking to Great all comic. those people <laughs> Great headliner. Tight 10 commandments. <laughs> um, he, but I, I mean, okay. That was very stupid for me to say the Bible. No, 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 I'm no, try- no. Wait, you know trying- what I'm saying? I know, I know. Yes. I know you yes, weren't yes. actually making fun of me, but you were tagging my metaphor. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I just feel that live performances will never, will never cease. Um, the thing that we are mired in is what does the reopening look like? What does it even look like? I can't even visualize it. And that's a problem. No. Um, I can't visualize it. What does the reopening look like? Uh, is it going to be like first class first, right? You know, is, is mm-hmm. Seinfeld going to take all the sweet dates? <laughs> <laughs> Not- and yes. And that's okay too. It's to know that that's yes. <laughs> yeah. And that would be part of the like visualization if we could visualize it. Right. And they'll be like, okay, well I can do this date and they can do this date. Um, and that's hard to do right now, I think. Okay. And then to get to the actual pep talk, you know, the first thing that we need to name is that this fucking government leadership has not told us any straight information you know, it's all been messy. All the malls have been open all year. These people do not oh care my about gosh. us. I know, but go to Nordstrom's. <laughs> so, you know, so that's one thing that makes it confusing because if we lived in, you know, fucking Taiwan or, you know, UK, they would say, you know, here's when live performances are slated to resume or Australia or New Zealand. Here's when live performances can resume because we closed the damn borders. It was like six months ago. They're having Coachella's Mm -hmm. down there in New Zealand and Australia, you know? Um, So, you know, you could go to Australia and headline um, if you wanted to, if you're willing Hmm. to quarantine. Did you know this? (laughs) Uh, No, I guess I got to get on, get on thinking about Australia though. It is pretty freaking cool. Um, yeah, there's some comedians I know who are in like drag queens. We also talked about our love for drag queens pre-pod and I follow them all online and they're going to Australia too because yeah, you can quarantine and tour and live performance is alive there because they closed the borders. Um, oh, pretty, okay. Yeah. That's the technique that they did? Yeah, they, clo- yeah, they closed the borders and they closed the borders between each. Um, they don't got countries in, in Australia. They got provinces or whatever mm, states they got states they got states in australia and they closed each state so you couldn't go from from uh you know north south wales to uh another one mm. <laughs> i don't know any of the states of australia <laughs> north, south Wales. you couldn't go to another one i get it yeah 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 <laughs> so they and and they they had a really intense lockdown and then it was just like tight we're we're all there's no more covid here borders are still locked let's fucking mm-hmm. party and uh, yeah, yeah. So there was this. There was a system. Yeah, a system. Yeah, mm-hmm. not not like our cowboy asses that were just like you can't tell us what to do. Personal you freedoms. You can't tell us except except also we're getting all the vaccines first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. But I do have to say. 
because we did buy all the vaccines, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic right now about U.S. gatherings taking place. We just found out this week that it's the CD says you can be unmasked outside. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I um, does that give you any anxiety or is that yeah. cool to you? Oh, it gives me major anxiety to be outside without a mask. Major anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have also heard from friends that are like, I'm just not going to take it off right away. I took it off um, on a walk. I think we were always allowed to do exercise without wearing a mask, but I'm not like a big yeah. exerciser. So I just wore it because it's not like I'm running sprints or anything. You know, I'm just like walking leisurely. Mm-hmm. That's my exercise. Um, yeah. I, I also do the leisure walks for the exercise. Yeah. It's joyous. Just like, go at my own pace. Who's going to make me run? Nobody. That's the truth. Um, if I run, I might miss some cool shit along the way. Idiots. Yeah, I'm either running for if I'm missing a bus or there's a tiger behind me, but I'm not running at, at my own for at, at my own willpower, you know? Yeah. Run from or to, not for right, kids. right. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it gave me major anxiety. But I will say that in Glendale, it was very normal not to wear a mask for the entire year because that's mm. kind of how people rolled around here. Um, mm-hmm. really ahead of the curve wink, uh, in Glendale over here. Gotcha. But, um, wink. Yeah, You're in Glendale. Yeah. 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 Glendale's, um, yeah. Glendale's it's, its own, much like any neighborhood in, in LA is a completely different thing than the other one, but yeah, Glendale's its own thing in a way. Yeah. Any place that it's a, its own city is its own city <laughs> for like specific reasons. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So what were we talking about? Oh, oh, reopening. Um, well, let me tell you something. I'm fully vaccinated. I have been fully vaccinated. It was a good experience. I'm glad I made, um, I'm, I'm glad I did that. And I have accepted my first indoor stand-up comedy date. Hmm. And I have nice. accepted Congrats. that. Thank you. Um, I've accepted that date is a one night in June. And I, texted the smartest people I know to ask if that was okay. Um, they said that it was because, um, that by June, it's likely that most people will be vaccinated that would Mm -hmm. want the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And if people are declining the vaccine and the infection rate goes up, then the date will just be canceled. Mm -hmm. And you know, what could happen? And, um, you know, you're probably aware of like, Italy has gone through reopenings and lockdowns. Um, Many other Eastern European and Western European countries are going through the same thing. There's some places that have never fully reopened. Um, India is going through like a terrible situation right now. So it's hard to say if like our decisions will lead to that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's my concern. Is there no shit. Okay. Is that kind of where you're at with like concerns about things reopening too soon? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's been very hard to, (laughs) it's, it's been very hard to like compartmentalize and say, this is the, I mean, this is the world. So to really try and grasp that this is affecting the world is still a very hard thing to wrap your head around and it people that are 
um, not thinking of that or have been, you know, coping in the way of acting like nothing's wrong. Um, that is speaking to how they deal and who they are and all that. And so, yes, I, I mean that in like in a world and uh, our world or our state or our like in America, yes. Um, and that is sort of the bigger thing, but in my in Small my world, world specifically, yeah. my point of view, yeah, I just meant um, it's been really hard. I think for I'm speaking for myself, but I I don't think it's just me. I think it's been really hard to kind of take the um, so much time that we have to like not think, not have validation, or to not talk to your fucking friends, yeah. and to just have way too much time in your own brain. And so that part of it, it's been really hard. Like, that's what I said, like, I just don't choose to go on Instagram some days, yeah. because that can just get you in the already like, oh, gosh, well, what is this? And what's going to happen? That I can see. just like, break that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like, stay as positive as I can for um, my own mental health. And like, some days in this have been very fucking hard to do that. And because we don't have, I'm not even talking about like, nobody's clapping for me. We don't have sold out shows. I don't even, I mean, like we don't have literally, we have not had the thing that you do that is talk to your friends. And when you are feeling bad, you say, yeah, we're laughing about this now. I mean, yeah. that's all been like taken away. So uh, you know what I mean? Like on a bigger level, of course, I'm worried. Uh, I'm vaccinated too. Good. I'm worried on a larger scale, but yeah, yeah I just, for- I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a bitter, I'm not trying to be a bitter cynical Nancy or anything. I just mean the reality of this has made me be like, <laughs> okay, well, um, I know that I do have a career in what I do, but uh, I also like, know what are some other things I could be doing? You know, what I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you have not thought about this during this year, um, something's wrong with you because I think that like you, I mean, I love what I do, um, but I, of course, have not just been making money at that. So what else should I be doing to make money? You know what I mean? So yeah, thank you for redirecting me to like kind of what the actual concern is. Like, yes, Mm. the pandemic is very scary, but this liminal space of not knowing what is going to happen is crazy making. And I totally, yeah, I want some, in, I want some like Lisa Frank inspired positive. Yeah. Um, I want some uh, that. Yeah. I want some of your, I want some sparkles okay. and, and glitter. <laughs> Good. Well, it starts with, I hate this for you in Lisa Frank bubbly writing. I hate this for you. I'm I, it fucking sucks in bubble writing glitter. You know, this fucking suck me in my, me and my, living room, writing in glue, this fucking sucks. And like, you know, pouring (laughs) glitter over it, shaking it off for you, right? For you, for your face. Yeah. Because it, it does fucking suck. And the liminalness is like extremely crazy making. And even, yeah, I told you, I put dates on the calendar. It doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel like, Ooh, what's going to happen? You know, like, um, yeah. And I'm really, really glad to hear that you put your phone down when it makes you crazy. Yeah. How did you learn to do that? Because mm. I don't, I, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? 
uh, it's not like you can always tell it's like mid, um, mid or mid mania, you know, yeah. and then you're like, oh gosh, here I am <laughs> now, now here I am, you know? And it's like, sometimes you're not going to know that ahead of time, Yeah. but, uh, if that is, you know, if that's obviously making me be like, okay, Danielle, put your fucking phone down. Like, because this is like, I'm not, I'm really, I'm again, I'm not just talking about comedy. I'm not just talking about like people's success. I'm talking about like when people are like on a beach, on a walk, I'm like, I should be on a walk. Maybe I should be on a walk. You know, what's going to make me feel better throughout this because we have such limited options. So it makes me like, well, maybe I should go, maybe I should go on a walk with a friend. Okay. I, and then whenever I like start to go or roller skating, that, have you seen like, I, Oh yeah. The roller skating phase again, I'm, I, I keep being like, I should buy roller skates. Why, I haven't, I bought, why haven't I bought roller skates? I should have bought roller skates. And whenever I sort of find myself going down there and, and I, and usually it's literal, I know because I, it makes me fucking anxious. It's not like, Oh, what should I do? I just am like, I'm getting anxious. I'm going to stop. And I stop. Um, and, and what I've done as far as ahead of time, if I'm trying to do that before I get there, Mm -hmm. I really have noticed a very big difference. And I, I suggest it to anybody. Um, just don't start off the day. Like first thing that you do, just don't get on your phone because I, it's a habit and I I'll be like, you know, having coffee and the first thing you might want to do is like reach for your phone and I'm not talking about like checking a text or something I mean like sitting down and like start doing the scrolling and shit I just try and give myself um a little window before I'm actually like wake up and you know breathe your own thoughts have some coffee you don't need to just um see if somebody's roller skating on Instagram right away (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah That's not a part of how you should start your morning. (laughs) Well, I I wonder if my friend nailed their 360 grinder on their roller skates today. (laughs) Your first. Yeah. And and also, I just, I mean, I've, I've noticed, you know, there's so much time, like, um, if Instagram makes me feel kind of crazy, like, okay, then I just won't do that. Like Twitter is more fun sometimes. And maybe I'll read on Twitter instead. But like when I've been, um, or like I've gone on and off fucking goddamn dating apps during this. Mm. And like that for sure is like, okay, I don't need another thing for my phone. You know, like if that has also made me be like, uh, this is just, I mean, plus we don't need to speak anymore about dudes in LA on, in, on apps, sure. like, yeah. obviously, obviously, but it still is like, you know, that's why I haven't even touched TikTok. I'm like, I don't want another thing. I don't want another thing. I don't care if I, if I, if this would be great of me in a wig around my house or not, I just yeah. don't want another thing on my phone. <laughs> um, I was just going to bring up that I watch TikTok. I'm on TikTok also, but I don't post I have not posted very much. It's a lot of work because it's a lot of production. That app has a lot of shit going on for posting. Um, mm-hmm. But if you watch TikTok for long enough, you scroll for long enough, they I don't know where this came from. It must be, I don't know. I don't know who made them do this, but there's a welfare check. It's sort of like Netflix where it's like, are you still watching? But with TikTok, oh. it's like, you've been scrolling for a while. Maybe it's time for you to get a drink or something to eat. Well, weird. It's that's very Alexa of, of TikTok. 
very fucking crazy of them. But I, I think at the time I was at like three hours where I was just scrolling and they were right. You know, um, it, it is really bad. Wow. I think it's very evolved for you not to look at your phone first thing in the morning. I didn't, I didn't say I always accomplish it, but I I try. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I have realized is that I I was trying to um, keep track of my dreams for a while. I still am. I I'm, I'm very bad at it. I always forget my dreams. I thought it was because I Mm -hmm. smoked so much pot, but I think it's (laughs) because I leap into the day and my phone certainly erases my dreams. And I was trying to keep my dreams in my notes app, but it doesn't work because if it's the phone in my hand, yeah, then I'll open something else or I'll look at my mm-hmm. notifications immediately. Mm-hmm. My dream is erased. So yeah, it's, it's super tricky, probably super good for us to be regulating our brains before leaping into that world. Ugh. Good point. Yeah. Write down, write it down on, on paper as far as it is. Yeah. Or just sit there. And, and I, when I try and remember my dreams, sometimes I just lay in bed and kind of actually like let myself like think and rethink and like reflect on it. One of my friends thinks if you get back into the position you were in bed, you'll remember it. Like the dream is like in your pillow and you got to get your face back in there. You know, you don't remember your dreams. You said, I don't remember them very often. Really? Yeah. I've had, I've had my dreams throughout this year have been fucking bananas. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people have I usually that. remember yeah. my uh, weed consumption is way up this year. So I don't remember. Yeah. I remember no dreams basically, unless I'm waking up weird or, or really intentional about dream recording, but yeah, I, I keep forgetting them. I'm working on it. It's okay. You know what? That's not a bad thing. I think it's, it's a very common thing. I feel like people either do or don't. Yeah. I sleep great. That's part of it. I love to sleep. I wish I was asleep right now. And you know, three hours ago, I love it. Um, yeah, it it has been during this, during this fucking nightmare of time sucking, which what is time? Like, uh, uh, by the time it's time that I'm tired, I'm like, Oh good. Okay. I have something to do. Oh, the day's over. Thank God. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to be more affirmative about life. Um, but one of my mantras used to be, oh, great. Another fucking day in the morning. I don't know why I'm just, this is pre-pandemic. I was just not like negative. Um, okay. But this is about you. And I want to share that you are doing great because you're great. telling me these coping mechanisms that are incredible and you know, you're doing it. I mean, you're saying not always, but that's okay. Thanks. And it it sounds like you've got your fucking finger on what's bothering you at least, which is the sort of um, the uncertainty and all of the conjecture, the chatter. Yeah. Like it's not an external problem. Like I feel like sometimes when people have internal problems, they'll create some sort of external thing and battle with that. Um, mm-hmm. Like projection? You yeah, mean? Or just kind of give themselves a project um, or say, for example, if you were like in the pandemic and you were very anxious and you did something that made you feel more anxious, like, um, I don't know, did a, uh, you drank too much or something or, or you 
did, did I also pop- done that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have you- done that. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of something that was like more benign. Like you did a hobby, like you played a game on your phone. That's something like mm-hmm. something I'm doing is like binge watching survivor, which is good for no one, you know, <laughs> we've all been binge watching fill in the blank. Yeah. That's okay. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, just, I'm just like tapping out and doing some survivor time. Um, but being aware of that thing is like, you've got your finger on it, you know, you know why it's happening, but you're using certain things to cope. And if you are aware that you're using something to cope, it's like a lot easier to, you know, just be gentle with yourself because the shame spiral will just dig you deeper into whatever thing you want to do less of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thank you. So you're doing good at not being ashamed of the things that you need to do to stay, you know, uh, alive and like survive this time. Um, you use the word survive, I think a few times, and that is exactly what we're doing. And it doesn't feel like, you know, our best life necessarily, but we're doing very good. No, no. Unless, unless your, unless your best life was binge watching survivor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which for someone. I definitely have been like, I've never watched more TV. I don't even know if I enjoy it. I can't, I couldn't even tell you. Um, It just keeps coming. You know, I just keep watching it. Um, And I don't know. It's also like now that you don't have an option, what can you imagine? Like what happens when you hang out at night? You know, like there's nothing. I know that like things are quote unquote opening right now, but like we've spent over a year not having anything to do and especially so after it's nighttime there's nothing to do but watch tv like somebody was like oh maybe we could hang out at like eight or nine and it like blew my mind I was like what do you mean like are you speaking Yiddish to me like what do you mean we could hang out at eight or nine at night like what do we do like I guess now we can like start to think about going into each other's houses but like this whole year has been like, do you want to meet up in a park and yeah. which park and which coffee do we go outside <laughs> for? Like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I have been gentle with myself about the TV watching, but I feel like if I didn't watch TV for like the rest of my life, it would, I'd be fine after, because I've watched so much of it this year. Do you, um, do you turn on your like professional brain when you're watching TV? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to get an unscripted treatment because <laughs> when I'm watching like reality- Well, yeah, like TV, I said, yeah. I'm uh, like I said, my friends are legitimately on TV or right. like writing for TV or, oh, there's my friend's name. Oh, which is like, that's a part of life anyway. But this year has been like, I'm like, wow, yeah, a lot of people on TV, huh? <laughs> so yeah, um, I definitely, uh, I've thought about, that that can be kind of hard on certain yeah. days again not not that I'm not very pleased I'll with t- my friend's success but as far as like thinking about ideas for shows I definitely I do and I also know that um I don't think I really want uh to watch anything about the pandemic for a very long time yeah I don't think I like um, I've seen there were Sarah Cooper, everything's fine on Netflix was really great and really funny. That was about the only thing that I've seen. That's like, oh, wow, that now that makes me laugh about 20, like 2020. But like, I don't want to be reminded of this bullshit. I don't want yeah. anybody like when, when people in the future make like 
a script about a love story and blah 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 like which has already happened I'm like oh, yeah guys I don't I'll wait till Jordan Peele does it or something but like yeah. that's about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't need a really basic love story set in the pandemic for sure um I'll tell you what I have been when I see my friends and peers on TV I skip it even yeah. if it is a beloved friend, I I've been trying to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back. Um, but yeah, if something isn't feeling good right now, I'm just not really doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, That's a great, I'm treating myself like a giant baby in the pando. Um, for sure. <laughs> I, I truly take like at least one bath a day, like bath, like this week, I think Friday I took a three hour bath. Wow. Nice. I, I, I set up shop. Um, in there. I don't have a candles. Have, yeah. Candles. Music. We got, well, no, uh, it'll be more survivor, but there's definitely <laughs> TV snacks, candles. Oh, nice. Crystals. You got snacks in the bath. That's oh yeah. Great. I do. Sometimes I do like a full meal, you know, sometimes not like ribs, but you know, something with a fork, you know, <laughs> something easy. Yeah. Oh, pretty, that's great. I'm pretty I don't wild. Think I've done there. too many snack snacks, snack baths. Bath. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should. I mean, maybe it's not for everybody. <laughs> done. I've done the drinks in the bath. Love a drink in the All bath. All right. See, everybody's got their poison, you know, or whatever, or their nourishment. Um. Okay. So I, yeah, I just want to say you're doing good. Your fucking coping mechanisms sound really reasonable, and I don't. I can tell it doesn't maybe feel good to think about what is on the horizon it's like too uncertain i want there to be a way for you to visualize what could be and it's really good but it's hard mm -hmm. yeah you know i i feel the same because i'm a very visual person and yeah. i i see things um that i i can see things when i want them to happen and if i don't if it's not vibing with me, I usually can't visualize it. So I've also wanted to have like, you know, if I could just imagine that instance or that, that ideal time. And, um, I mean, sh sure it is shows, but even more than that, it really is something so simple. It's like a barbecue with my friends or it is like when, I actually can go to like an Airbnb with a few people. I mean, that is like very, those things I can see and visualize and it like makes me feel very excited. Cause if that happens and let's pretend we all are not socially aut autistic, <laughs> I'm like very worried, like how's this all gonna happen that we're, I feel like I'm just going to like get so tired talking to people and walk, walk away, but whatever it might happen. Um, but yeah, that's what I, I can see the first, I think that's a beauty. So beautiful. I can see it. The barbecue, the Airbnb, it's all there. And it's, it's so close, dude. Like really? I mean, it, it could happen this week if it were vaccinated beloved people. And I, you know, I want to, tell you that I think your beloved people are going to be totally fine with you walking away and taking a nap inside the Airbnb house mm -hmm. because you've had a little bit too much people time. 
I'm, yeah. rem- I'm reminded of the nap I had to take during my sister's wedding because I had had a little this bit- year. No, it was many years ago, but oh. I was, it just reminded me, I am quite antisocial. I am quite, um, introverted. Really? Yes. And I do not hmm. like to be around a lot of people. I started this podcast, frankly, because I like a little one-on-one time better than any other time. And so I really enjoy connecting with you this way. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I, I get very tired and, and I walk away from people all the time. I also do not pressure. Like I didn't go out very much in LA before the pandemic. So it's sort of, yeah, well, it's, that's, you're not even social people. It's hard. Yeah. I also don't drink alcohol. So it's kind of like, what do, what do I do even? I like to eat food, but nothing here seems open that late or like, it seems like late night dining culture is, I haven't really figured it out here in LA. Nobody oh yeah. No, to they, eat late. They're working people out. People don't want to eat late. Yeah. It's no, I'm it's, I mean, yeah. Uh, Chicago and Portland are amazing. Too. Yeah. It's a, they're amazing food cities and you can eat all the time. We're like, damn, all, it's one like 30. It, it's time for pancakes. Like <laughs> that's unheard yeah, of in this city. Well, it's the whole fucking spaced out problem that I'm like, oh, you're in Glendale. I'm over here in another part of the city in another city, literally might as yeah. well be. So if you told me you want me to meet and it's 10 o'clock at night, I say, is it in Glendale? And then I might go, no, I don't want to drive to Glendale. Yeah. Yeah. But what I happened mean, at the wedding? You took a, a sister. Oh, I just you needed people. Yeah. Nap? I just needed to take a little break. And you know, like a couple of people came to check on me and I was like, it just, I just have to stop talking and being around people right now. And the people mm-hmm. that were there were my family and they understood. Um, but setting those boundaries is available. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the wedding naps are probably going to have to happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know that they're going to have to happen and I'm a very extroverted person. Um, but, uh, it's definitely, oh, my phone is telling me I've only got 20% juice, but it should be fine. Yeah. We're wrapping up soon. Um, yeah, I do. I do like uh, a Trader Joe's trip and then I'm 87 and I need to take a nap. I mm. talked to somebody for literally um, 20 minutes, like face to whatever version of face to face during this. And I'm, I seriously need to lay down yeah. and it's all going to be, <laughs> it's all going to be pretty weird and it, that's fine. I'm going to, I also will be a giant baby about that. Cause it's all going to be okay. You know, I'm just like, People are like, this summer is going to be lit. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know about lit, but I know it's going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I'm going to be tired. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm so glad you're taking those naps. I believe pink puffy paint that you will, your extrovertedness will return to you. Um, I think it is temporary. I think it will, there will be a refractory period. Refractory period. Is that the word she wants to use? Maybe. Does that sound right? Thank sure. I'll, you, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. refractory. You're going to get hard for people again and have a round two. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. I do need to know that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. leave. I don't think it will. I think, I think, but even if it is you know, part of your lifestyle now that you need to take breaks from crowds and you let your beloveds know that, um, that's fine. Like that can be, that can be, that can work. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, then you'll look back to 2020 as that great year that you were directed to your needs. (laughs) 
Yeah, no shit. Be like, you know what? I guess I didn't have to talk to um, complete strangers for an hour. Yeah, I guess I didn't need to do that. Wow. I have, yeah, I do. I super do miss the kind of tertiary comedian chit chat um, that I that you are referring to. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people you don't know well, and yeah, it really is a part of our biz. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, or just this. I know, but also, what like that. And that was fucking tiring. And like yeah. thinking about it again, like, I'm like, again, not trying to be a cynical, cynical Sue, but like, I'm like, that sounds really hard. Do I want to do that? Did I want to do that? Or was Did I already in like, that? was I already just in a pattern and you're like, that's what you do. You make small talk for an hour. I mean, I think, yeah, bringing my 2020 into that probably won't be bad because maybe I'll just walk away at 25 minutes, you know? <laughs> I had a great talk with uh, Emma Arnold um, about this subject. Do you know Emma Arnold? She's um, in a Boise, so. Idaho comic, but she tours and uh, is like a really lovely comedian and human. Um, but she was taught, you know, in her kind of smaller scene where she's kind of like the den mother of the scene. She was so anxious about all these like, ugh, just like all the dudes that she's going to have to deal with and blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh. Um, Boise, Idaho. You just said Boise, Idaho. And I was like, I, that meant, yeah, that sounds like there's a bunch of dudes there. <laughs> so much, you know, so many um, Boise dudes, so many Boise dudes. Um, and <laughs> like what I just, you know, what I was just taught this, and this was like a while ago. So when she was thinking about reopening, it was like a little scarier. Um, and it's, it's still extremely scary. What I am trying to do and what we talked about then was using this like mental chatter to try to bring these thoughts into two categories. One, this is not invited back into my life. Two, this is what, this is where I want to go. This is what I want the future to look like. Mm, And I like that. Maybe it's, yeah, it's maybe it's like, I can do one hour of networking. I can do 25 minutes of networking in the future because it's, that's what is needed. Or like, you know, because I, I, you know, I understand, I think talking to people is good. I, I'm like very tempted to tell people to be like, well, fuck these people like, go home. like, but I know that networking is important for our job. Um, and the phrase network, like, and just to even think about, well, why do I talk to, why do I feel like I have to talk to people at shows? Oh, because this um, job that we're in now is collaborative. And so you kind of need to be open to people you don't know. Maybe this is my like writing soulmate, I guess, that we could fucking make a masterpiece together. Yeah, and sometimes it's just, I mean, LA is not the culture of it, but like it, it is fun to do that sometimes with the right people or the right thing. And like, yeah, it is a part of it. Um, and it is a part of it also to realize which parts of those yeah. uh, you enjoy. Because what the fuck is any of this going to be? Like, is yeah. is the word networking going to like be even necessary for a while? You know what I mean? Like, it's all just like, yeah, I, we're all going to stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> Coming soon, whatever the fuck. This is going to look like but whatever the fuck networking means. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. I would love for there to be a uh, 
revisiting of whatever the fuck networking means. Cause I still don't really know. I think a lot of times it means doing Coke with people in LA, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think sometimes it means, wow, that sounds exhausting. I don't want to go to so-and-so ha ha whole club to go to a networking event. Like, are we businessmen? I mean, like, <laughs> some of that stuff yeah. I can die. It can die. And that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Well, I think that networking, God, I, the word is like tainted in my ears and mouth now. Like I don't want to say it. It's spoiled. Um, I always think of it as like the same as flirting. It makes me grossed out. I'm also not an extrovert when it comes to dating. I only date strangers that I meet on the internet, um, frankly, but with flirting, I think like, oh, it's like so weird that you're like, you know, you have an agenda. And I, I think the same thing about networking is like, ew, you have an agenda, like that's so gross, mm -hmm. but it's not gross. It's the way it's the way life is, is like, you have to connect with people and, you know, here, I don't know. I just try to kind of compartmentalize it, which is like, I'm kind of at work now, but I usually yeah. smoke, smoke weed while I'm doing it to take the edge off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think everybody does. Everybody's stoned with you. That's fine. It's really nice to stand in a circle with people you don't know that well. And we're not going to pass the weed around anymore, but we're going to have to roll your own, have roll your own parties. <laughs> yeah. I do like that though. That is something I'll think about of, um, what we've learned, you know, obviously yeah. if, if you have, uh, learn nothing from all of this, then fuck. Like, I hope that we can take some humanity out of all of this and carry it on, but what things are invited and what things are not, um, back is a good thing yeah. to think about. Yeah. I mean, you're already practicing like, uh, awareness of your thoughts. That's good for anxiety. Um, so yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'm not this organized in my own brain, so I would never advise anybody to be, but like, the, you know, thinking about, okay, there's two barrels and there's like thoughts like, mm, no, that's, that's, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. I'm not going to allow that to come back. And the other is like, oh yeah, that's a visualization of like, mm, that could be good. You know? Yeah. The bar, the, the barrels have Lisa Frank unicorns on them yeah, and yeah. one of them is glittered. And the other one is a, just a boring old old one of those wild, wild west yeah one of those old barrels <laughs> i was gonna say donkey it's kong but yeah wild wild west <laughs> is good too yeah a, a fucking a coffee donkey table kong yeah yeah <laughs> oh that's very good usually at the end so also you're totally a natural witch you are you're mm. saying how visualizing something helps it you create it you you are total total strike of vibes over there um well yeah i mean i'm i've i it is i do believe it's quite a part of my bloodline so Oh, sick. I feel like it. I mean, I'm half Sicilian and then I've got a pretty large English on my mom's side and, uh, you know, English, England yeah. and, and Italy, great witches, great, great females, witches. great witches in those countries. <laughs> yeah. Those bitches had their tits out, making herbs, midwifery, you know, the whole thing. People were getting burned for reading the whole, the whole night. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. That's exciting. Oh man. Well, what, you know, I hope that you can, yeah, some Lisa Frank ass vision board. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not going to tell you to make a craft, but, um, 
it would Love be, a craft. it would be great. It's so fun to make a vision board. But when I'm thinking about you in the future, I'm thinking about you at Akbar, um, you at you and sis, you know, making kitchen women too, you know, so like already you're kind of, you know, there's some, there's some things, there's some things on the mm-hmm. horizon that might be exciting and, um, okay. Okay. Um, so to put some magic on it. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's the pink, it's the pink glitter barrel. Um, but also like you can pull ideas out of the barrel and you can like float them up on like a pink cloud, like elevated above everything else. And you can bring that cloud like right in front of your mind's eye. And even in your, in your, while you're in your dreams, while you sleep and like live in that experience. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to bring to you is like any idea that feels good about the future is like something you have access to all the time. It's going to come to you on this pink cloud. It's going to be like perfumed with like roses and it's going to be, you know, just super sparkly, like, like covered in highlighter, you know, not mm-hmm. highlighter, not like yellow highlighter, like makeup highlighter where like everything catches oh, yeah. the light. Contoured. Yeah. The, the cloud is contoured. <laughs> yeah. The cloud is contoured yeah. and it's, it's the cloud is very, uh, it's got very flattering um, highlights, but no, that's why I was, <laughs> just highlight, just sparkles like in a video game when something is like your attention. No, here. I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm conjuring, um, into your life, which is just like nice. the, the really good stuff gets to Lisa come Frank barrel or the old wild West. That's where old cowboys, um, bathe themselves barrel, yeah. you know, which ones do you choose? It's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, um, talking through these concerns with me. It was very helpful to me someone who also needs to consider the future of performance. Yeah. yeah. We um, got to uh, stick together. And yeah. in the ways of the ways of the witch, I've always, I've always thought, uh, I've always been a big proponent of sisters are doing it for themselves and women yeah. need to stick together more than anything else. I think so, that is thanks. above all what is coming mm-hmm. back is sort of the, the comedy gender. Like we get it. We need to be, <laughs> we need to be super united. And, you know, we were kind of, there are a lot of problematic men in our industry and, you know, we've always known that, but now more than ever, we have, you know, yeah. and in the same way I'm trying, I've made, made many jokes uh, in my life about, about men, but I do still have to realize I've got to also make space for the people that uh, don't suck. Yeah. So I'll try to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. The men I'll try the- and be like, not be like, no, I'm the world's <laughs> most bitter woman. Uh, all men suck. I know that there's also the, the truth is all those beautiful men are my friends and yeah. um, I just don't happen to be fucking them, but I have to re- know that there's also probably a good one I could fuck out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that gets to be in the pink barrel too is the yep. is the person you get to fuck in the future <laughs> exciting not, you know what they've been they've been in the cowboy barrel before but not I know. anymore no no <laughs> now only the good ones get to go in the in the good barrel i'm also thinking of the the um the egg thing from willy wonka and the chocolate factory how there were two shoots and the bad eggs oh, go down one shoot and the good eggs that. oh you uh veruca Ver- salt her song mm. Okay. Anyway, um, nice. Yeah. No need for another metaphor to gum up the work. 
but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think of that too, is like, you know, I just want this, I just want this like feminist comedy castle on a cloud and some of the male feminists are welcome. Yeah. You got to yeah. prove it though. Yeah, they do. They're, they will <laughs> they do have, have to, to prove it. <laughs> yeah. They will have to prove it with their blood and that's the rules. <laughs> Witchcraft. Give us We're your doing. blood or you, or you can't come inside the barrel. That's the rules. <laughs> we, we bleed all the time. What's your, what's your deal? Not bleeding? Get out of here. Okay. Um, well, this was, yeah, this was super delightful. Thank you so much for being in community with me. We're going to fucking ride like Wonder Woman Valkyrie into the next comedy life, which whatever it looks like. And I'm excited to see you there on the other side. Yeah, you too. I will see you on the other side. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to end the podcast the way I end every episode right. of You Can Do It with Bree Pruitt, and that's by singing the very end of Boys to Men's End of the Road. Oh, you great. may chime in if you wish, or you may not. It's totally up to you. And I think now I'll chime. come to the end, end of, of the, road. the road, and I can't, and I can't let go. It's so natural, it's so natural to belong to me. I belong to you. That was beautiful. Harmony. Are we on TikTok harmony or what? <laughs> <laughs>